0: And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, bishop of the Call churches, and founder and president of STAND. Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson.
1: And I am he. Great to be with you again today. And folks, we have got a jam-packed program for you today. A lot of stuff. In fact, I'm expecting, he's been called uh, to a hearing, but I'm expecting to hear from Senator Ted Cruz during this hour uh, to follow up on his examination of Secretary Mayorkas. So we've got a lot of stuff going on today. I want to start, though, by following up with a story that I did yesterday that I hadn't seen anybody cover, really, when I started talking about it. it was certainly no mainstream national media cover. Uh, and that is this professor at ODU defending what he called, quote unquote, minor attracted persons. Well, you know what's interesting, the school now has responded to this. Uh, Old Dominion University is a little bit concerned that they've got a pro-pedophilia professor talking, and of course, his name is associated with Old Dominion University. But here's what I want you to see from this. The response is really, really weird. Because here's what they say, quote, unquote. uh, They do not, quote, promote crimes against children. And, okay, okay. That seems to make sense. But to me, it's ducking the issue. Um, Here you go. Here's here's a further explanation. They say, quote, Following recent social media activity and direct outreach to the institution, it is important to share that Old Dominion, as a caring and inclusive community, does not endorse or promote crimes against children or any form of criminal activity. But you know what I find striking about that? It begs the question. Because precisely what he's talking about is redefining what a crime against a child is. Look, folks, this is the 800-pound gorilla in the room, and when you don't see this being addressed, you know, something's up. Children are incapable of giving consent. They are incapable of giving consent. See, what the, the, the implication of this is that somehow, well, there might be a situation in which an adult takes advantage of a child sexually in which it might not be a crime. We're against criminal activity. Any attempt to use a child in that way is criminal. But see, they don't say that. Here's what this guy said. He wants to use MAP because it's less stigmatizing than other terms like pedophile. And he says, quote, a lot of people, when they hear the term pedophile, they automatically assume it means sex offender. And that isn't true. And it leads to a lot of misconceptions about attractions toward minors. Do you see what I'm getting at? It it, it feels like they're dancing around it. Instead of just, I mean, what Old Dominion should have said was we absolutely categorically oppose and denounce any notion that adult sexual involvement or attraction to minors is acceptable. It is not. But they went to, well, we oppose crime. Well, what does that mean? I mean, I would oppose any change in the law that would suggest an adult taking advantage of a child that way is not crime. And as I've said before, see, this is where they're going. If a child, according to these, these, these demonic leftists, if a child can give consent to his or her change of gender without parental permission, and without even parental consent or, or, or information or notice. In other words, doing this completely outside the parent's knowledge and completely without any regard or requirement that the parent be notified or give any permission, if you can do that with a child, is it a big leap? where this guy, Alan Walker, is going? Here's what Old Dominion added to its statement. An academic community plays a valuable role in the quest for knowledge. A vital part of this is being willing to consider scientific and other empirical data that may involve controversial issues and perspectives. Wow. I mean, folks, there's only one way you can read that. That's the, They're saying, yeah, let's have a little discussion about this. Oh, we oppose crime. But let's have a discussion about this. We know it's a controversial issue. It's a controversial perspective. If a professor stood up and said, I believe that, that marriage is a union between one man and one woman, I believe that, that there are only two genders, male and female, they wouldn't be saying that be saying oh you 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 uh, have violated uh, academic excellence and you're you're a, you're a hater and a bigot and they'd be looking to fire that person. Here's a guy they're not talking about firing this guy. They're just clarifying their position on the issue, which includes the fact that they want to be able to consider scientific and other empirical data that may involve controversial issues and perspectives. But I'll tell you what, they're not at all interested in empirical data that considers scientific or, 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 or controversial issues or perspectives that appear to be or could be labeled as conservative. And then Walker says, Quote, it's never okay to abuse a child. But see, no, 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 no. That, that, no, uh-uh. They're being slick with language. What they should be saying is, it's never okay to be attracted to a child sexually. It's never okay to contemplate that. It's never okay to do anything with that. See, because when they say it's never okay to abuse a child, well, what is that implying? There might be certain circumstances in which it's not abuse because the child has consented. Folks, we are in the fight of our lives because when it comes to messing with our children, you are really touching the third rail you all know what that means, right I and mean, because people who don't have subways where well, they are may not you know because I've always been around subways and the third rail of course is the electrified rail that allows the subway to travel and so the notion is if you get you fall off those you fall off that platform and you hit the third rail, you're done. so you know that's where you know that that's touching the third rail meaning you get electrocuted yeah I, this this is the third rail folks messing with our children this way and i think that's what led to the the virginia outcome and i think that if if conservatives republicans continue to press this issue that you don't have a right to sexualize our children to indoctrinate our children with a bunch of racial demagoguery and hatred and division and categorizing them as oppressors and oppressed and all that. And we will not stand for it. You will not do it. It will not be permitted. We will recall you. We will vote you out of office. We will put people in there who will represent us. We, that word continues to go out rather than Ronald McDaniel. We want to meet with the LGBTQ community. and We want to celebrate Gay Pride Month. Yeah, that's a formula for disaster. That's snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory, let's stick with those principles, those Judeo-Christian principles that make America great. Back in a moment.
0: This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson.
2: Most Christians understand that the problems facing America are not going to be solved in Washington, but it's noteworthy when a sitting U.S. Senator says that politics can't solve our political problems. That was the title of a commentary by Senator Ben Sasse. He believes that the tribalism in our nation has a deeper source and is tied to loneliness in America. We are relational beings and want to be in tribes. And he observes that the traditional tribes that have sustained humans for millennia are simultaneously in collapse. Those would be family, friendships, and communities of worship. At the core of this is loneliness in America. This is not a new problem. A quarter century ago, I wrote a book with the title, Signs of Warning, Signs of Hope. One of the chapters dealt with a crisis of loneliness. A book we often quote on our radio program is Bowling Alone, written by Harvard social scientist Robert Putnam. He says we no longer are involved in community. We often move and have few friends, and we have few shared projects and belong to fewer civic groups. On the other hand, we don't want to be left out. We don't want to feel like the same isolation we felt at the edge of the cafeteria or as the last kid picked for kickball. So we yearn for a group, often a political ideology, on the basis of our intimate connections. Our cable news tribes offer a common experience. Now, to reverse these trends, we need to read his new book, Them, Why We Hate Each Other and How to Heal. In his commentary, he shares how he and his wife put down roots in a small community and became friends with people from every race and income bracket. We must find ways to replenish the social capital and reverse the tribal conflict in our culture. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point
0: of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Critical Race Theory, go to viewpoints.info/crt. This is William Owens, America's poet. I judge myself no more. I judge myself as if I know the fabric of my creation, the logic of my mind, the depths of my heart, the intent of my soul. We spend countless hours every day, sometimes without even knowing how much we judge ourselves. We're so down on the one that loves us the most, and that's Jesus. We're down on him because we don't believe that he judged us when he died. It is time we arise to newness of life, forgive ourselves as he has forgiven us so that we can go forward and do the purposes for which he's made us. Stop judging. I judge myself. No more. This was a poetic
2: expression of hope, love, and forgiveness from America's poet, William Owens. For the entire poem, his on-demand poetry concert, and more, please visit americaspoet.com.
0: When you die, are you going to heaven or not? You can know for sure. Heaven or HeavenOrNot.net The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson.
1: Well, that's one issue. I wanted to get on the table so that here again when I talk about these things particularly given the the, the, the subtlety with which they address them you know it seems like it can seem like I'm I'm being over the top but now that you have a major university responding to a guy who says that homo that 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 pedophilia is not bad that's really what he's saying. It shouldn't, shouldn't stigmatize it or marginalize it. And the university then comes back with this kind of milk toast statement. Well, we want to consider everything, and but we don't want anybody to commit a crime, and we're not talking about abuse, which dances all around the issue. To me, it just lends more evidence to what I've been saying all along about these people coming after our children and about this LGBTQ thing Really, that there are no limits to it. And if anybody thinks that our children are off limits to them or that they think that, think again. They don't believe that. They believe that's your antiquated Neanderthal thinking. You need to come into the modern world and and uh, and free your mind of all of those those little stupid moralistic ideas about protecting children and protecting their innocence and and stopping them from being used by predators. Oh, well, you know, that's, that's all old. That's antiquated thinking, anachronistic. Come on, we, we, this is the 21st century after all. So I, I had to call to call up and got a little zinger in there about violence, and of course that's not the answer. But I can understand people being frustrated about it. I do. I understand that. But that's why we've got to make sure that we vote these people out who hold these crazy ideas and that we stand up for what is right everywhere we are all this this drag queen story hour stuff and all this disney uh... stuff and all this kindergarten stuff and preschool stuff that they are trying to pump into our young people uh... no we, everywhere we find that stuff it's got to be stopped so that was one thing now the other thing i don't think i've talked extensively about this and if senator Cruz manages to get free from committee uh, before our program is over, um, I'm, I'm going to ask him about this. Uh, but this woman who is being considered for controller of the currency, and I'm sure you all have heard that she went to Moscow University. Moscow University, right. She's not a Russian. In fact, I don't know what she is. I, I, I have to admit, she appears. Uh, her name is Solly Amarova. She appears she is Asian and and I won't go any further than that because I'm not certain that I can I can properly based on appearance say whether she is say Chinese or or maybe South Korean but I'm so I'm not I'm not I'm not sure about that so maybe I, I, I won't go there but but her name is Solly Amarova she's being considered as comptroller of the currency she graduated from Moscow State University and she really believes. That she said several things. One is that we need we need to bankrupt oil companies in order to to address climate change. Yeah, they need to be bankrupt. She also said, and this this is the one that a, a lot she wants to do away with the American banking system as we know it. But this is the one that most people have not heard. She also said that she believed that there should be no private bank accounts in private banks, that all personal bank accounts should be in the Federal Reserve, and that those bank accounts should be considered as on the balance sheet of the American government. I'm not making it up, folks. I mean, the woman is a socialist, clearly, a Marxist. So, Because what she's really talking about is nationalizing your money. So your money would go into the Federal Reserve and the United States government would have access to your money. Now, you put that together with Joe Biden wanting to hire 86,000 more IRS agents to comb through your bank account if you have $600 or more in the bank or have done $600 or more in transactions in any given year. And here again, their march toward totalitarianism is it just they are not slowing their pace. Even after the Virginia election, you would think they would have slowed down, but no, 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 because they're afraid that they will be stopped, and so they're going to do everything in their power while they can to march our country toward a socialist nation, and whoever gets in when these people are finally voted out is going to have to undo a lot of the stuff that they've done. I just have to go in and just undo it. But that's who's being considered for controller of the currency, and when we get, we'll get Senator Cruz on, whether it's today or not, but when we get him on, I'm going to ask him about her nomination and whether whether she will ultimately be confirmed, because in my view, she should not be confirmed. I mean, because this woman is, I mean, she, she she should go work for Putin or, well, maybe not Putin either, because Russia is no longer a communist country, per se. I think it's still, it's it's, it's certainly not a republic as ours is. And, and Putin is certainly not in any danger of being voted out of office. Let's put it that way. Um, so I don't even know whether she would fit there, though, because it's not a communist country per se. Uh, so she needs to find a communist country where she can, you know, just nationalize everything. But She wants to actually nationalize your bank account. Now, that really takes some chutzpah. <laughs> but I mean, that really takes some chutzpah to say, we will put your bank account under the United States government and make your money part of the United States government's balance sheet and available to the United States government. What? Oh, boy. And, you know, you would think as this information about her comes out that Joe Biden would say, no, she's a little too radical because he's always, I'm a moderate. I'm a moderate. I'm trying to bring people together. Look, if Joe Biden is a moderate, as far as I'm concerned, Fidel Castro was a moderate. moderate. I think he has bought lock, stock and barrel into this leftist worldview. I, I really do. And I don't, I don't even know whether he has the intellectual capability to question it anyway. And, whether, and that's, not, that's not a slam on his age. I, I just don't know whether he ever had it. I, I think the man's probably always been an empty suit. But he got in the cat-bird seat as a United States senator, and he's been riding it all the way to the bank. Even if the he, he, and, and apparently now he's ready to 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 take your money with him <laughs> into the Federal Reserve. Lord have mercy on our beloved country. Oh, my goodness, folks. It just, you know, there, there, it, not that long ago, I would never have imagined that some of the things that we are being asked to treat as normal would even be thought of, that people would have laughed you out of the room. And now this is being you know, seriously discussed. Um, so finally, to Kyle Rittenhouse. I got a couple of things I want to bring up. But to Carl Rittenhouse... Carl uh, Rittenhouse, of course, the jury is now out and they're deliberating. I, I predict that they will be back soon. I don't know whether it'll be today because they may want to take time to review all the evidence before they actually start voting. But I'll tell you what, I think as soon as they start voting, it's over. I, I think they're going to find Carl Rittenhouse not guilty because I think that it was legitimate self-defense. He shot one guy who pointed a Glock at his face and he shot him. The man was hit with a skateboard, kicked by what what they could they nicknamed this guy? I guess maybe they don't know who he is or never found him, but but I, I think they call him kick jump man or something like that, but he actually leaped into the air and kicked Carl Rittenhouse in the head. Every step he took was a step of self defense, and when he finally got free. He began to make his way to the police, and he never pointed the gun at a single other person. This idea of a, of a, uh, a, a, a roaming shooter gunning people down, um, an active shooter, as as the prosecutor tr- tried to characterize him, just a complete and utter lie, complete and utter lie. But you know, there's something about the 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 closing arguments that I want to point out. And I'm sure all of you, if you watched this, saw it or you've heard about it. This prosecutor had the nerve to lift up an AR 15 and point it at the jury with his finger on the trigger. Now, you know, I'm thinking to myself, what a complete and total idiot. And i tell you something, if I remember that jury and susceptible to any uh, impression of the lawyers having an impact on my my verdict, he'd be done. Because I'd be saying anybody who doesn't have sense enough not to point a gun at me and, with his finger on the trigger, knowing what just happened with Alec Baldwin on a movie set. I don't even know that he should be allowed in polite society. I don't know whether he should be allowed to leave his house. I, that was i could not believe he did that and here again you know he apparently doesn't know anything about guns at all uh, even even if he had never put his finger on the trigger i would have thought well you know still you don't look what with the basic rule of gun safety all of you who have firearms know this every gun is loaded every gun is loaded Therefore, you, you never point it at someone that you don't feel you may have to shoot to defend yourself. You know, as far as I'm concerned, after this trial is over there, try him for that. Back in a moment. It's my turn.
2: Here is your host for my turn,
3: Don Wildman. Once there was a merchant who ran a small general store in a little community out west. Considering himself a religious man, he was known far and wide as the merchant who always quoted a Bible verse when ringing up a sale. One day a traveler passing through the little community stopped at his store. Mister, I have one of the most expensive show horses in the country out there in the trailer behind my car, but I forgot to bring a saddle to ride him with. I hope you have a saddle because this is the last store before I get to the show. Yes, sir, we stock saddles, the owner replied. Good, said the traveler. Could you show me one? Well, the merchant went to the back of the store and picked up the only saddle he had in stock. He carried it out to the stranger. How much is it? the stranger asked. Well, that saddle cost you $20, replied the merchant. Man, I can't put a $20 saddle on that horse. "'Don't you have anything better than that?' asked the stranger. "'Just a minute, and I'll check,' said the merchant. He went to the back of the store, stayed a few moments. Then he came out again bringing the same saddle. The stranger didn't recognize the saddle as being the one he had just looked at. "'This saddle is made of some of the finest material available,' said the merchant. "'It's one of our finest saddles.' "'How much is it?' asked the stranger. "'Well, sir,' That saddle will cost you four hundred dollars, replied the merchant. The stranger looked disappointed. Mister, that horse out there deserves the very best. Don't you have anything better? Just a moment, said the merchant. Again, the merchant went to the rear of the store. He stayed a few moments and then brought out the same saddle again. This is the finest saddle we have, he said. How much is it? asked the stranger. Mister... That saddle's going to cost you $1,200. Good, I'll take it, the stranger said. He reached into his wallet and picked out 12 $100 bills to pay for that saddle. Then he took the saddle and left. Now the men in the store who had witnessed the incident were anxiously waiting for the store owner to ring up the sale to see which Bible verse he would quote. They all gathered around as he headed for the register. Sam, one of them asked, What verse can you quote after a deal like that? The merchant thought for a moment, then hit the keys on the register. As the drawer came open, he quoted a paraphrase of Matthew 25 and 43. He was a stranger, and I took him in. (laughs) You know, the ability to memorize Scripture is a good thing. I've read of people who have memorized the entire Bible. And I've met scores of people who could tell you the chapter and verse of numerous scriptures, particularly those they're interested in. Personally, I'm kindly on the dullard side. I have to refer to my concordance to find a scripture. Well, the moral of the story, it's one thing to memorize scripture. It's quite another thing to practice it. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association.
0: The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson.
1: Well, folks, we are honored to have Senator Ted Cruz back with us. I know he's been active with hearings. Senator, welcome to The Awakening. Thanks for taking time.
4: E.W., it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me.
1: Now, look, I saw you I saw you questioning my Mayork- my orcus earlier today. And I'll tell you, I could not have been prouder because you were asking the kinds of questions that I think most Americans would want to have asked and answered, but he didn't have any answers. What is your takeaway from his apparent complete lack of awareness of what's going on at the border?
4: Well, unfortunately, the disaster that is unfolding at our southern border uh, is what they intend to happen. That This is their intended outcome, and and, and the reason, sadly, is is a very cynical reason that that, that I think an awful lot of Democrats, including Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, have made the political determination that every single illegal alien who comes into this country, they believe is likely to become a future Democratic voter. I think this is entirely about politics, and they're willing to, to turn a blind eye to incredible human cruelty because of their partisan political objectives. So when I asked the Homeland Security Secretary, how many illegal immigrants have died trafficking illegally into this country? He said, I don't know. He had no idea. I asked him, how many women have been violently sexually assaulted? He said he didn't know. I asked him, how many children have been sexually assaulted by the human traffickers that are coming in, uh, unlimited, unlimited, Again, he said he didn't know. I asked him, how many children have you placed in the Biden cages? Again, he said he didn't know. I asked him, how many of the illegal immigrants that you released were COVID positive? Again, he said he didn't know. I asked him, how many murderers have you released? He didn't know. How many rapists have you released? He didn't know. How many drunk drivers? How many child molesters? He didn't know. And they do not care. I also asked him, I said... Has Joe Biden been to see the children in the Biden cages? No. Has Kamala Harris been to see the children in the Biden cages? No. Has any single Democrat on the Senate Judiciary Committee been to see the Biden cages? Answer, no. They do not care because politics trumps humanity. It trumps compassion for for the immigrants who are being abused, and it trumps national security. It trumps public health. It trumps protecting our families and keeping us safe. It It, it is truly a, a combination of radical ideology and abject incompetence.
1: Now, Senator, what happened to the Joe Biden of moderation, the Joe Biden who was going to bring us together, the Joe Biden who was going to work with both sides of the aisle is it was he simply lying, or is has he just been captured by the far left of his party? Because he that's the direction in which he seems to be going at every turn.
4: Uh, Ew, you you ask a very good question, and and, and a lot of us in the Senate are, are wondering that. Look, we've known known Joe Biden a long time. When I was elected to the Senate in twenty twelve, Joe swore me in uh, with my family holding my daughters that were two and four years old at the time. Now now they're eleven and thirteen that joe biden was a reasonable guy that joe biden was someone who could agree to a bipartisan compromise that joe biden was was the person who last year campaigned as as a reasonable centrist moderate that is not who's in the white house now we've we've speculated if the old joe biden is tied up in the basement somewhere and they're not letting him out and 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 in all seriousness what i think has happened is i think biden is scared of the radical left in his party that if you look at the democratic party right now all of the energy all of the anger all of the passion is on the extreme left and i think what biden and harris have decided to do is hand the policy agenda over to the radicals and so it's bernie sanders it's elizabeth warren it's aoc that are setting the agenda and aoc's agenda on the border is to abolish ice and have a complete open border and 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 biden is unwilling to stand up to the left and as a result look secretary has confirmed this morning last year under president trump we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years this year under biden
1: we have the highest
4: rate of illegal immigration In 61 years. It is a disaster, and they created it, and and the maddening thing is they have no intention to fix it because they promised the radicals they will continue to have open borders, and and that's what they intend to do regardless of how many people are hurt, how how much suffering is caused. They simply don't care.
1: Look, the, 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 he, he said to you that, yeah, 2 million, they're expecting 2 million illegal immigrants to cross the borders this year, which doesn't include the gotaways. So what, yep. what are we, I mean, we're looking at a virtual onslaught, a kind of invasion of the country.
4: It is exactly that. You know, all of us were horrified a couple of months ago at Del Rio, Texas. I was down in Del Rio where we had 15,000 illegal immigrants, primarily Haitians, under the Del Rio International Bridge coming in mass because the Biden administration had decided not to deport Haitians, that if Haitians came, they would get to stay. I mean, to give you a sense of that, the population of Del Rio, EW, is about 35,000 people. So you had half the population of the city gathered in mass as illegal immigrants under a bridge. I can tell you the residents of the city were scared. They were, they were frightened. They very much viewed it as an invasion. And, and I've done roundtables in South Texas. I've sat down with farmers and ranchers. I've sat down with sheriffs and law enforcement. I've sat down with, with elected officials and the people who are bearing the, paying the price – it is enormous. Their health care facilities are overwhelmed. Their schools are overwhelmed. Their public facilities are overwhelmed. The rate of COVID positivity is being driven because Joe Biden is releasing illegal aliens who have COVID into our communities. And one of the things we're seeing, you know, South Texas has historically been a Democratic region of the state. They've historically, for 100-plus years, elected Democrats. Well, McAllen, Texas just elected a Republican mayor because they're seeing the disaster play out. Just this week, a Democratic state rep mm-hmm. from South Texas switched his party to Republican. And I'll tell you what, these Democratic elected officials in South Texas are telling me when I talk to them. They say, if my party is for open borders, I, I can't support that. It's a disaster, and yet the Democrats in Washington simply don't care.
1: Look, I've got to ask you one more question because we're almost out of time. I've been watching the hearings on Solly Amarova, uh, another appointee yeah. that is apparently extremely radical it, first of all, is are, are we getting an accurate picture of her crazy views about the banking system and about about our bank accounts, A and B is she going to be confirmed?
4: well I, I think her views are are frightening and extreme uh th- th- this This is a a professor who literally studied in the Soviet Union. Uh, She has described how she thinks the rights of women were better protected in the Soviet Union than they are in America. She has called for the total nationalization of American banks, and she has called for bankrupting thousands of American companies. She wants to bankrupt every energy company in America, every oil and gas company, every coal company. She wants to put them all out of work. She wants millions of Americans to lose their jobs. This is a radical who's studied in the Soviet Union and is perfectly happy implementing policies straight out of the Soviet Union. I think she would be profoundly dangerous. Sadly, the Biden administration appointees have been radicals after radicals after radicals. You ask, will she be defeated? The question is, will even a single democrat break from the herd and say no just one democrat could defeat this nomination and we'll find out you know there are some democrats who like to pretend they're moderates uh including a number of democrats who are on the ballot in 2022 people like mark kelly in arizona people like maggie hassan in new hampshire uh people like catherine cortez masto in nevada people like Raphael warnock in georgia well let's see how they want to vote on on a soviet trained government regulator who wants to nationalize the banks and bankrupt thousands of american companies i hope we see at least one democrat with the sanity to say no but but at this point none of them have had the courage to say it publicly
1: well senator thank you for your service we know you're there and you will be a voice for the american people and of course for the people of texas first and foremost God bless you for the work that you're doing. Keep it up. God bless you. Thank you, my friend. Folks, Senator Ted Cruz, uh, I saw him this morning. He was magnificent. We'll be back in a moment.
2: They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable.
4: Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative
0: evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net.
5: The church is growing big time in Latin America and here's why. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. If you follow groups like Barna who measure church growth in America, they'll tell you it's somewhat stunted. In fact, it may have even dipped here in America. But it prompts you to look at where is it growing around the world. It's in places like Latin America because people are willing to suffer for the gospel. Let me tell you about a church outside of Caracas, Venezuela. They are rescuing women who are kidnapped and forced into prostitution by the drug cartel. They're serious about this. In fact, one of the members was killed by the cartel. His corpse pulled behind a truck to make an example to other Christians to stay out of the way to the cartel. But I can tell you this church is focused on what they believe God has called them to. And they have led more than a 100 women, former prostitutes, to faith in Christ. And these women are needing Bibles because they're non-existent in that part of Venezuela. Please, at $5 a Bible, make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give at sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. The problem, as far as I see it, is that she needs her husband to get into recovery, but she doesn't know how to do that because he won't reach out for help.
2: This is focused on the family minute, and Rosie McKinney, who leads Fight for Love Ministries, explains what a wife can do if she finds out her husband is struggling with pornography.
1: And what I'm going to say now is so simple, and it makes so much sense, but yet, for some reason, we're not quite getting there yet. And that is... What is the reason that most married men get into recovery? You know, do they suddenly feel convicted one day? Some, maybe, a small minority. But what actually gets guys into that therapist's office is their wife forcing the issue.
2: If this is a tender topic for you, please know you're not alone. God can redeem your brokenness. You can hear the entirety of Rosie's conversation at FamilyMinute.org.
0: To The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio.
1: We're back. Folks, I want to get some of your calls in. 888-589-8840 is the number. Um, You know, I, I was just amazed watching that hearing and watching Mayorkas basically say that he doesn't know. And I was going to ask Senator Cruz about this, but he kind of answered the question, which is, are they really that incompetent or is it a wink and a nod to open borders and they just, just basically pretend to, to be trying to do something about it. And he basically said that they want open borders. That's, that's really what this is all about. And you know, I calculate, I used to say 2 million people coming across the border. I think it's going to be closer to 4 million because remember we've, we have, we have processed 2 million across the border that doesn't include the gotaways that doesn't include the people who did not come to a point of entry who cross in other places and i have to believe that for every person who comes to the border to get processed through knowing now that the borders are open there are people there will be people and maybe a lot of them criminals who go another way so they don't have to get processed across they cross into somebody's private property they cross into some place where there's no border patrol uh, I guarantee you, folks, and they tell us we've got 11 million illegal immigrants. Well, it's got to be 13 million now, based on their own numbers, right? I, I believe it's probably closer to 30 or 40 million. I'm serious. I believe it's probably closer to 30 or 40 million. It, it's and it really is. It is a tragedy, not only for those people who are being trafficked and used by, by human traffickers and by cartels, and basically turned to their slaves and add $450,000, who do you think is going to get that money? Do you know the cartel will descend on a person who gets that kind of money before they can blink and will take most of that money from them? This stuff is just, it is so preposterous that you—that here again, right, you can't be doing this. Nobody's dumb enough to do this by accident. You've got to be doing this stuff on purpose. is the number. Let's see. One other thing I think I wanted to mention to you, uh, and then I'm going to come to your calls. So we'll get as many as we can before the program is over today. Um, Oh, yes, 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 yes. I wanted to get this story. It gets me back to where I opened up. Kindergarten students in Connecticut are being taught that transgender is part of social justice. Yeah, students in Connecticut. They're calling it social-emotional learning curriculum. Yeah, social-emotional learning curriculum. And they're teaching them such things. These are some of the excerpts of some of the things that they're teaching. Um, They're teaching them from a book, When Aiden Became a Brother, and this is being taught in elementary school, folks. We're not talking about high school, elementary school. When Aiden became a brother, quote, when Aiden was born, everyone thought he was a girl. His parents gave him a pretty name. His room looked like a girl's room, and he wore clothes that other girls like wearing. It says, but after he realized he was a trans boy, Aiden and his parents fixed the parts of his life that didn't fit anymore, and he settled happily into his new life. That's what they're teaching elementary school children. Now, look, leaving aside the, 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 the sick implications of this, folks, don't we have enough issues with teaching math and science and, and speaking proper English and reading and writing with cogency and, and American history and civics? I mean, where do we find time to do this stuff? It just goes to show that the education of our children is not the issue. The the issue is indoctrinating them with this this homosexual, transgender, far-left ideology, and the children end up as dumb as rocks. They could care less as long as they've got the right ideology. You believe this. And, and the thing is, listen, social emotional learning. Well, who could object to that? Oh, that sounds so nice. Social emotional learning. Look, first grade, they're giving first graders a text called Jacob's New Dress. First graders, a story about a boy who wants to wear dresses, okay? And, um, and, prefers not to tell children whether he's a boy or girl. And there's another book, Elementary School Children, 10,000 Dresses, about a boy who dreams of magical dresses. And he begins then, of course, people tell him he should not be thinking about dresses because he's a boy, but he later begins making dresses and realizes he's a girl. Elementary school children. And if that's happening in Connecticut, you better believe it's happening in other places. We just happen to to discover that it's going on in the Connecticut public school system. And all this stuff is being done with the sanction of the state. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's get to some of your calls. Let's go to Jerry in Tennessee. Jerry, welcome. Hey, Bishop Jackson.
3: Thank you for taking my call.
1: It's a pleasure, Jerry. Thank you for calling.
3: Hey,
4: just two things real quick. I saw you a couple of years at the American Family uh, Association Institute. So thank you for all that you do.
1: Oh, thank you, Jerry.
4: Uh, Yeah, you are are great. Uh, Number two, you know, Jacob Blake is the one who got this whole thing started uh, Mm -hmm. with the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. You know, when you read his rat sheet, It's like, this
5: guy is a monster. Why on earth was this guy walking free? Well, after watching this trial and seeing what kind of prosecutors they have up there, now I understand why somebody like
4: Jacob Blake would be walking free. As you said, they don't seem to have the best lawyers up there.
1: Well, and and, and Jerry, you've probably noticed this. They act like the rioters were just these great upstanding citizens, and along comes Kyle Rittenhouse to really mess up their beautiful protests. I mean, it, 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 just the preposterous picture and dumb things he said, like, oh, they set a little fire. They set a little fire. <laughs> I mean, I'm, what is wrong with these people? It's so it no you,
4: wonder that they can't prosecute people well up there, if that's the kind of prosecutors they have.
1: Y- yep, you are right. I, they, they, and And by the way, so not only do they not have their heads on straight in terms of of defending the public against criminals but but they're incompetent i mean cuz i think that thank god frankly that he didn't have a really competent prosecutor not that he had much evidence to work with but they're reduced to things like calling the um, calling Kyle a coward because he shot a guy. And, you know, you've got people coming at you from every which way. One guy's kicking you in the head. Another guy's hitting you with a skateboard. And somebody else is pointing a Glock at you. And he says, the, one of the guys, you could have kicked him in the groin. You could have done this. You, could, I mean, this, this is just the typical leftist craziness that says in a split-second decision where your life is at stake, You ought to be thinking about, you know, all these sort of exotic moves you could make. It's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. Jerry, listen, thank you for the call. Appreciate the compliment, too. God bless you, brother. Let's go to Linda in Illinois. Linda, welcome. Linda, you are on. Are you there? Yes,
0: I am. I've worked in the school as a sub in different positions, and I saw two things in Illinois. Uh, Casa brought one in to the junior high and they told the kids that your anus is a sex organ. I was there and I saw it, I heard it, and I know who brings it in. And in the kindergarten class in the library, they brought in a um, book about crayons. One crayon might be red with a blue cover or whatever. And I thought, this is a little strange. And I looked it up later and it was a transgender book and that's been three years ago. So Illinois is using their outside agencies to bring it into the schools and using things like book contests to bring it into the kids.
1: Oh, my goodness. And wow. Linda, thank you for that that uh, important update, because you just alerted us again. See, that's sometimes the stuff is subtle. They don't they don't. I just heard about it, Linda. Thank you for the call, by the way. Appreciate you calling. And okay, look, we're we're gonna we're gonna save Illinois too, Linda. <laughs> um, but look, folks, I just learned about something called um, Think Law. I don't know whether any of you've heard of it. Think Law, and it sounds it's about teaching children to think critically. And I thought, well, that sounds pretty good. But a friend of mine gave it to me. and said, take a look at this because there's something about it. Well, as I began to delve into it beneath the surface, this critical race theory, but, but the, the surface looked, you know, oh, yeah, teaching children to think critically. Oh, sure, we want to do that. So, folks, they're bringing in Trojan horses, things that look okay, but underneath there's something very, very wrong and very insidious with it, like a crayon, one, a yellow crayon with a blue cover which is, you know, say that is, is the crayon. The crayon may look blue, but it's really yellow. Too. Oh, Lord. Let's go to Jennifer in Ohio. Jennifer, welcome.
0: Hey, how you doing?
1: Blessed, Jennifer. How are you doing?
0: Same, but I'm calling about the border and
3: I have an idea
0: and not proposing anything violent at all. But why don't we Americans all go down to visit the border and let them know we don't want them? And these Haitians, no one seems to remember the fact that where did AIDS come from?
1: Jennifer, uh, listen, thank you for the call. I I, I love the idea of Americans getting actively involved. I'm not sure how that would would ultimately work, but I'll tell you one thing, I think activity by the American people, peaceful, protesting and making our voices heard and making our sentiments known is always a healthy thing for our country. So I'm not calling for a great big uh, protest at the border, but if people decide that that's what they wanna do, I'll tell you what, I, I would definitely support it Folks, that's going to do it for today. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for your prayers and support and your calls. And remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.